Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, the gospel reading that we heard just a moment ago from Matthew 15, especially these words. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So far, our text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, just a moment ago, we sang these words. What God ordains is always good. He never will deceive me. He leads me in his righteous way, and never will he leave me. I take content what he has sent. His hand that sends me sadness will turn my tears to gladness. His hand that sends me sadness. We don't like that, do we? We don't like to think about the fact that at times, God sends, allows, grief, heartache, pain, suffering, sadness into our world, into our lives, not to teach us a lesson, not to threaten us or shape us up, but always for our good, even though we may not see it. Always, so that the focus may be ever more clearly, not on ourself, but on our Savior, our Lord and Savior, our victor over sin, death, and the grave, Jesus Christ. Our gospel reading for today is a perfect example of how God works, how mysterious God's ways are for us, and the fact that he always desires love and mercy for you, his children. We sang that in the intro earlier in our service. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. The first verses, the first words of Psalm 25. Remember, remember, O Lord, remember who you are. You are a God of mercy. You are a God of love, steadfast love. This is who you are. Remember and remember me. Remember me with your mercy and steadfast love. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. We have learned that when we are praying for things, things that we have no clear word of promise as to the specifics, 
we have learned to pray with our prayers, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus teaches us this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thy will. A friend or a loved one is sick. We pray, Lord, grant healing. Not my will, but thy will be done. We pray for gas prices to go down. We pray for our dollar to be worth more. We pray for peace in our world. And yet we have no specific word on these specific situations. And so we pray, not my will, but thy will be done. But there are times, there are times when we pray that we do not pray, thy will be done, because we know our prayer is the will of God. When we pray for mercy, we know that it is the will of God to grant mercy. When we pray for His steadfast love, we know that it is His will to give us His steadfast love. When we pray for forgiveness, we know that it is God's will to forgive. This is simply who God is is our text for today sometimes a difficult text to hear maybe because it hits too close to home jesus is traveling in a part of the area where there are very very few children of israel the people here are Gentiles. They're pagans. They're not part of the promise or promised people or promised land. Jesus is there preaching and teaching and healing. Why? Because Jesus has come for all people. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And Jesus is there and behold... A Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is se severely oppressed by a demon. She cries out for mercy. She cries out a specific plea. Heal my daughter. She's demon-possessed. And she cries out to Jesus, O Lord, Son of David. This is not how your average run-of-the-mill Canaanite would talk. This is how your average run-of-the-mill believer would talk. Jesus is not some itinerant preacher. Jesus is not some random miracle worker. Jesus is the Messiah, the son of David, the one who was to come into the world. 
And this woman knew it. And she went to him with her problem. And she cried out for mercy. Oh Lord, have mercy. This is the cry of faith. What's hard to hear is what comes next. Verse 23 of Matthew 15. But he, Jesus, did not answer her a word. I'm sure he heard her, but he didn't answer. She cried out in misery, in pain, pain for her daughter. And Jesus is silent. You ever had that happen? You cry out to God for mercy, and it appears that God doesn't hear or doesn't care because God is silent. My friends, this is the reality in the life of a Christian. God does not jump when we say jump. God is not a machine where we stick our card in and get out the desired amount. God in His infinite wisdom knows who we are and what we need. Our God of mercy, our God of steadfast love is at times silent. He hears. He knows. He cares. He is still a God of mercy and love. And yet in His wisdom, his wisdom that always cares for us. At times he is silent. Our text goes on. The disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. The disciples were embarrassed. Maybe they were embarrassed that, that Jesus didn't do what she said, just to shut her up. Maybe they're embarrassed for this woman. This woman who is crying hysterically, causing a scene. We know what that's like, don't we? You're in a situation and somebody is causing a scene. We almost expect it from little children, but when adults get into a fight or cause a scene or are loud, 
quiet down. Go away. Go outside. The disciples don't know what to do. They're confused as well. Jesus answered in verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What? Jesus is the promised Messiah. Jesus is the one who has come from the Jews. And yet Jesus knows that this woman standing before him, begging and pleading and screaming, is not one of the in crowd. Jesus states a phrase that is sort of a common misunderstanding that, that Jesus is only the Savior for a few or He only cares about a few. Jesus makes this statement and we see now how the Canaanite woman can exercise her faith. Her faith in a God of mercy. Her faith in a God of love. She came and knelt before him a position of worship saying, Lord, help me. My friends, when we cry out for mercy, the cry of faith needs to be to the right Jesus. Oh, there are many fake Jesuses in our world today. Jesus as life coach. Jesus as moral example. Jesus as your buddy or best friend. Jesus, who is accepting and tolerant of all. These Jesuses are fake and phony. The Jesus of the Bible is the second person of the Trinity. True God, who takes on flesh and blood. Who dwells in the tabernacle of Mary's womb. Who is born into this world to save sinners like you and me. He is God and He is Lord. He places Himself under the law, the harsh, condemning law, and He fulfills it. He gives glimpses of His divinity throughout His earthly ministry. Prelude to the coming attraction. And that's about what's to happen here. This Canaanite woman has faith. But it's not great because of its size or its potential. No. It's great because of the object of her faith. Jesus. The correct Jesus. She bows down, she worships, and she cries out to her Lord, Jesus, help me. 
Help me. And Jesus answered with some of the most difficult words for our ears to hear. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. You can soft soap this all you want. You can make excuses for Jesus and his words all you want. But the words are clear. Jesus is saying, you're not one of the children of Israel. You're a dog. You're a dog, you're on the outside looking in. Today, many people would be grossly offended by Jesus' words. We live in a snowflake society. Microaggressions are everywhere. We're almost looking for a reason to be offended. We see it everywhere. One slip of the tongue, one false word or action, and cancel culture goes into overdrive. It's the world we live in. Jesus would probably be off the air. My friends, this is no slip of the tongue. This is no, I misspoke, I take it back. Jesus, testing the Canaanite woman's faith and testing us as well. Instead of being offended, instead of running off in a huff, what does the woman do? She says, verse 27, Yes, Lord, you got it right. I know my place. I'm a dog. Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She knows who Jesus is. The God of mercy and love. She knows who she is. A poor, miserable sinner. Worthy and deserving of nothing from God. And yet she begs and cries to the God of mercy and love for a crumb. Just a crumb. A crumb from you, O Lord, is better than all the riches in the world. Just a crumb. She's a beggar. She's a beggar. But she knows where to beg. She begs to Jesus. And Jesus, 
who never tells her no, not throughout this entire passage, through this entire section. He never says no. But she pleads persistently, pleading, knowing who Jesus is, knowing what Jesus is, the God of mercy and love. And she is persistent in her prayer, persistent in her pleading, knowing that it is the will of God to give mercy and love. Then Jesus answered her. The first time he's spoken directly to her in our entire text. O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed immediately. We love a happy ending, don't we? Of course we do. We have a happy ending here. But most of the time, we live in the verses preceding the happy ending. We live in this world where the realities of sin, death, disease, heartache, warfare, bad climate, division, and every other manifestation of sin is all around us. Sometimes we can keep our distance. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes the reality of sin and all of sin's consequences reaches up and bites us and bites us hard. We hurt. We hurt for ourselves. We hurt for our loved ones. We hurt for our family. We hurt for our church family. We hurt for our neighborhood. We hurt for our nation. We hurt for the world. And we cry out. We cry out to God. Have mercy, O Lord. We cry out, help me, O Lord. True faith always has as its object the true Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, God and man for us and for our salvation. Perfect life, obedient death, glorious resurrection and ascension for us and for our salvation. True faith cries out for mercy. Knowing that it is God's will to deliver mercy to his children. My friends, there's only one way that this, this kind of faith can be exercised. And that faith is born in humility. If our pride is so great that we can't look to Jesus for help, 
if our pride fills us so much that there is no room for Christ and His Word, then our faith will wither and die. Knowing who we are, poor, miserable sinners, or stated another way, dogs, we are humbled and we cling to the Word of God alone. The Word of God's promises, the Word of God's peace, the Word of God's love and salvation for us. We know who God is. We know what His will is. Forgiveness, life, and salvation. And when the trials and temptations and heartaches and consequences of sin attack us, when our enemies, the devil, the world, and even our own sinful flesh rise up against us, we beg for mercy. We cry out, Oh Lord, help us! And we know that Jesus has come to set us free. To set us free from our guilt, our bondage to sin, our reliance on our own pride and works, and to deliver us. My friends, when we pray, Thy will be done. Know that God's will for you today and every day is mercy and love. And that mercy and love will never, ever run out. We sang just a moment ago what God ordains is always good. This truth remains unshaken. Though sorrow, need, or death be mine, I shall not be forsaken. I fear no harm, for with his arm he shall embrace and shield me. So to my God, I yield me. May God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, and our cries for mercy in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.